0: Turn in your Bibles with me to the book of 2 Corinthians, chapter 7. I'll spare you the details of how I felt led to bring this message today, but I have to admit that um, it brought up a, a theme that I had not really thought of before, and um, I feel that the Lord is giving us a directive. Particularly now, and I'm I'm very grateful to him for it. So, Second Corinthians chapter seven. Uh, let's uh, read verse one. Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. I don't know how many times I've read this passage, and I know that you undoubtedly have read it many times as well. But the concept of cleansing ourselves uh, from filthiness in in our spirit, I had never really focused on and I I understand the idea of cleansing yourself in fleshly areas and the term used there to describe about um, filthiness is uh, and and cleansing has to do with two things it it has to do um, the filthiness aspect has to do with disqualifying you or um, allowing something into your life that would render you um, in unauthorized to function in a, a holy setting. Um, back in their day, you know, the, the people that were, were recipients of this teaching and this letter, many of them were um, Jewish And so they understood the purification aspects of going into the temple or being involved in anything that had to do with the requirements that God would put forward for his people. And it was a very elaborate detail concerning how you make yourself ready for that. So filthiness here has to do with not being clean in order to function with God. Cleansing is to um, is to talk about being able to freely flow. We've talked about unclean spirits, how they block, how they hinder, how they corrupt, how they they uh, in the demonic realm are intent upon seizing momentum or to cut off supply. And the the objective of the first part of what Paul wrote here in this first verse was. You need to be flowing for the Lord, and so you need to do everything you can to eliminate things that would render you um, out of um, out of the flow of what God is really requiring of you. And you do that in flesh and spirit, perfecting the the holiness or the calling of the saints or the calling of restoring God's purpose before his throne and you do that saying I don't want to miss this it's not that I'm oh god but it's that look I I I honor him enough and I recognize that in this previous chapters Paul talked about how that um, we we're in a in a warfare battle uh scenario. And um I, I don't I don't want to fail the Lord. I, I want to fulfill everything that He has ordained for me. And you know we we have this same kind of feeling. A lot of times people struggle with what it means to fear God. And yes, there's a there's a heightened measure of respect and a knowledge of whom you are really before. And I, I don't mean to To eliminate that in any way, but to me, you know, I I feel that way about my responsibility here for you. Um, If something's not functioning in this house, or if something goes wrong and it 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 threatens to hinder what we're supposed to be doing, there's something that kicks in with me that is just not going to rest until that's eliminated or that function is is restored and i may not look like it you know i've got the wooden indian the smile on my face or whatever but deep inside i'm striving to get things back to where they should be why because i have a responsibility for you i have a responsibility for the zeal of this house but ultimately it's for god so to me that concept of fearing god when you have a responsibility is not something i take lightly it's, it's not that I'm, oh, if I don't get this fixed, God's going to strike me down. It's not that. There's just that that innate, internal, from the foundation of the world, understanding that I have a responsibility for this. I'm not going to become some kind of a tyrant with it. Um, but but that that idea of fulfilling the walk of the saints is something that I'm just not willing to uh, abdicate or abrogate. And, you know, we, we spoke about uh, the power of agape and how we have to keep our hearts and, and our passions focused on the purpose of God. And we pursue that with everything that we are. That's the greatest gift, according to what the scripture says. And I can understand why that is. And if you're before the same God, you can't you can't really separate the agape from this concept of the fear of the Lord. So I want to fulfill what God has called us to be, what what he's called me to be. And so if there's anything that is going to eliminate my ability to, to stand before him or to function adequately before him as I'm trying to do these tasks, if there's any filthiness, if there's anything that I would allow that would Maybe not just disqualify me, but maybe hinder me, maybe take me out. And much of that is on me. I mean I don't think there's any demon in hell or anywhere else that could come and make me not serve the Lord. But when I present myself vulnerable, or if if I were to present myself in, in a vulnerable way, or if I purposely do something that would that would welcome um my disqualification or if if I allow other things, whatever they may be, to deter me, that becomes a disqualifying element. And but but to me it, it has to do with the flesh and spirit. Now I can understand, you know, Dennis was talking about the mind. Yeah, there's a lot of verses about that. We need to watch over ourselves. And there are things in the physical nature that we have to watch over too. But did you ever consider that there may be something that affects your spirit that you need to do whatever you can, do your diligence to be pure in spirit. You know the Bible, Jesus talked about, "Blessed are the pure in spirit." And uh, what do we? What what can cause that influence? And how? how can we rid ourselves of that kind of an influence? And and I, I think that that goes for our physical, our, our, our existence in this body, but it also goes with what's going on in our home. You know, I remember, and from time to time, you know, we're we called, not so much now because we have a a group of people that have committed themselves to the Lord. But I can remember going into many different homes by people's request because there was demonic activity in there. And the first thing you do when you go in, first of all, you make sure that God's called you to go there. You're not for hire. You're not have have spiritual gun will travel. That'll get you in trouble. Um, but the first thing you do is after you know that God's called you to go there and the people are are desirous of doing what God was wanting them to do is you go about looking to see where there's any kind of a demonic invitation in that place. This isn't the theme of the morning, but, you know, there may be some kind of a spiritual influence. No voodoo dolls from Haiti or any of that nature, but there may be some kind of a spiritual influence that, that you either let your guard down or you've welcomed some other kind of other human spirit or some kind of concoction of your own that is holding you back and you need to you need to not be not be fearful of it or not to go overboard, but to just recognize, look, I don't want that in my house. And I, and I feel the same way here in this place in this system that God has given us. And as we go to pray, you know, after we do any kind of election where we welcome the neighborhood in here,'m I'm, I'm in there the next morning not only vacuuming, but um, getting ready to put chairs down. But the first thing I do is lay on my face and declare the blood of Jesus in a cleansing. And I ask that God would, would touch the people that came in and may they have an accountability factor before the Lord for what the impartation of the spirit just by them being in this house, that they would deal with that. But I cleanse the place. And um, I, I know that we need to recognize that there are a lot of spiritual influences and it doesn't mean that in the world today, uh, and, and they seem to be more pronounced than ever, uh, and I think that's been ratcheted up since the Lord has turned the page on, on this, this measure of his timetable. But you can be influenced by that. I'm not saying that you're deceived. I'm not saying that you're, you know, that you're partnering with it, even though we've got to watch ourselves. But, boy, I, I mean, I feel like, you know, we take a shower, hopefully, or a bath after we've been out and working in the yard, or maybe you uh, maybe you encountered something, and you think, yuck, i got to wash my clothes after that, and I'm going to get in the shower as quick as I can, but we can walk through hell in the neighborhood, and we, we've got to go before the Lord and say, Father, if there's any filthiness that... That if I stink of that stuff, cleanse me. And we'll talk about that here in just a moment. I was was looking, and, and we'll also talk a little bit about other passages that speak about what we do with our spirit, which is born again through Christ. We pray in tongues, diversities of tongues through that. We've studied these things. We gain through that fellowship with God. We gain understanding. We gain a perspective. We've studied all of those ramifications, well, not all of them, but a good portion of them over the past couple of years uh, as to what actually goes on through our spirit. And, um, but I was noticing in, in chapter six that leads into this that you have, you have a, a really interesting conglomeration of seven influences. That just lead right into verse 1, the verse we read. Uh, it begins in verse 4. A lot of be-nots and then one B. There's seven of them. Whoa, I wonder what that might mean. Be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. This is a yoke. Um, you know, you've got, you've got a lot of unbelievers in the world today. Be careful that you don't strike hands with them. Um you just you just got to be really careful where your commitments and your energies are applied and if you're pulling a if you're a yoke that means you're plowing something or you're pulling some kind of a wagon don't commit yourself to things that would that would be uh maybe not even evil but something that is not what your calling in faith is and uh that that's an important thing that's just the first point paul uses a different term for every one of these seven which i think is very interesting too through the power of the spirit um you know these things that we're going to look at here real quickly and and i just got this between sunday school and i hadn't really been thinking about this and gunson you know what there's seven of these here and it just kind of struck me so i got that handy dandy uh uh, Bible program on my phone that I think I, boy, I really splurged and spent 10 bucks to buy that. I, I couldn't go to Starbucks for two days. I don't know how I could afford such a thing, but I had it. And it was right there on my phone, and I could look and see what those words were. It was just a fascinating thing. Um, I, I thought, you know, these are spiritual influences that we're dealing with right now. This is this is the Council of Seven trying to influence the world when God has his ways in this new paradigm of his time frame. And we're experiencing every one of these. You know, I was, I, I, I try not to watch our news very much because it just infuriates me and I, I can't do that. Well, I do it, but I try not to do it, you know. But I, but I do try to read the BBC because it gives me kind of insight into what's going on in Europe and in England. And, and um, it was interesting to me that they've been covering the election here in the United States in a very, to me, a very scandalous way. They're so progressively orientated now. And they mock, it's very obvious, that they mock everything that you and I hold dear. And so they were out in, they were in two places. They were back to back. One was Arizona. And they were talking about how the religious right is trying to influence the election and what good, wholesome things have been put in place during the past couple of years. And they, they enter into this place that looked like it wasn't really Billy Bob's, it was, it was more like the Motel 6 of Billy Bob's. And they had this honky-tonk music playing and there was beer everywhere and they had these yahoos that were having an arm wrestling tournament and they were saying, this is the voice of conservatism in Arizona. And I thought, you know, I've been out to Arizona a couple dozen times. I don't ever remember seeing a place like this and none of the none of the religious people the saints that i know would ever be caught caught in a place like this and they were interviewing they were interviewing some of the village idiots that were gathered in there and they were depicting for all of england and for anybody that was watching in the united states that this is who you and i are and i thought that's just that's not even deceitful that is that is propaganda that is just wicked propaganda so then not only did they go to Arizona but then they come into the Holy Land they go into Pennsylvania and they're talking about how that I'm just saying I'm just saying they're talking about the 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 race between Dr. Oz and Fetterman and um, I won't go too much there but I've already got my papers to renounce my citizenships in Pennsylvania. If if things go the way it looks like they may go. Just joking. I want to have the spiritual authority there that God's given me as a son of the land there. But they were talking. They came into this group of Christians. And these people were. They were preaching the gospel. They were baptizing people. But they were also talking about how that we need to pray that God will restore this land to a a one nation under god which is our foundation and a couple of the pastors who were up there made the, the horrible mistake of saying it's a spiritual warfare well the bbc was all over that and they were mocking and maligning the idea that there would be such a thing as spiritual warfare That this is just common sense and you're warring against the way the rest of the world is going. And that was 15 minutes and I saw Arizona and Pennsylvania and I I thought, dear God, I don't know that I, with what they just showed me, if that's all I heard, I'm I'm not sure I would ever want to go into a church. That's just a small sample of what's going on all around the world. And the lines are drawn spiritually. These are spiritual dynamics. Prince of the power of the air, God of this world. However their dynamics in the enemy camp are, they are trying to influence the world. And you can really see from the book of Daniel and from the book of Revelation how the the atmosphere that is depicted there, the, the lines are being drawn maybe you don't see them maybe you see oh, I don't care I'm not talking politics today I'm talking spiritual warfare and I I have no problem saying it the same thing is going on in South America in a big way in Europe in a big way the lines are being drawn and and the world and all of the ideologies that would go against the word of God and go against morality and go against the principles that God established that will never fade away, that group against anybody who believes in the scripture, anybody who believes in spiritual warfare, anybody who believes that God is alive today and wants to show himself strong, I mean, those lines are being fomented and very clearly identified, and the, it's, it's just amazing. So, these seven things that Paul writes about here, and we'll just briefly go down through them, are, are atmospheres of the demonic. They're trying to permeate, and doing a pretty good job of it, I might add, uh, the, the flesh, and they're also mobilizing a spiritual atmosphere that we can sense. We don't fear it, but yet we're not ignorant of it. We know it's there. And you have to you have to do do your diligence to go before the Lord and ask for a cleansing. I would do it every day. I'm gonna start doing it every day. I haven't done it. I you know, I've gone before the Lord, Lord cleanse me. This this really showed me. I'd not really considered this before. And then the plethora of other scriptures that talk about it. Let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness, any things that disqualify us, anything that would block us from flowing before the Lord, either before Him or what He wants us to release into the world, from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of the Lord. We have a responsibility as saints for His holiness, And we answer to God. It's an honor to serve him. And uh, we want to perfect that. We don't want to come behind in anything. That is the main objective of our lives. And again, as, as was being so eloquently said in Sunday school today, we have to keep laser focus on that no matter what's going on. It reminds me of those prophetic words about withstanding confusion and keeping your eye on what the target is. You say, well, I don't know what the target is. Yes, you do. What is your identity before the Lord? Whether you have a, a pulpit in front of you and you're, you've got a mic and you've got to preach tomorrow, or you, every day you represent the King of Kings. You represent His kingdom. You are an ambassador for Christ. And that's your objective. That never goes away. It never goes away. Regardless of what's going on in your life, and I know stuff happens, but that ambassadorship never goes away, and you've got to keep your eyes focused. And, and again, I'm, maybe one day when I'm writing memoirs, I'll talk about some of the nonsense that went on continually that tried to keep our focus off of the mission in this brief trip that we just took but those words about keep your focus of course i didn't need those words to keep the focus because i knew that if i left there and we didn't accomplish this list of things that i knew god had said that i was not going to be happy but my focus had to stay continually on that um but you know the point is is that i knew hey this is what the father said this is what he's prophesied This is what our responsibility is. And yeah, this is really shouting out over here, but I got to keep my focus right here, no matter what's going on. And, And so we have to recognize that there is an agenda right now to yoke you with something that is not of faith. What else does this say? Well, look, it says what fellowship has righteousness righteous vision with a vision that is not righteous and that can be either no vision at all or it can be some vision that is just demonically laden and that's uh, that's the word metoche which is means a community it's it's a community function so what's the difference between yoking all of these are kind of close sisters you know they're all in the same family you can see the similarities. But being yoked and being in this kind of fellowship are, are two different things, even though they can have overlaps. This word, metoch, is, is a word that means to be having commerce with and, and exchanging things with. And I mean, I'm not talking about preaching the gospel to them. I'm saying you're, you're interplaying with them. You're familiar with their language and it's just such a part of you. You got to be really careful. You really got to be careful because, you know, life and death are in the power of your commerce and your tongue. And, um, you know, visions, competing visions, and boy, are there many of them today. There's the vision of the Lord and then there's other visions. You know, be careful. Again, this just came, and I'm not preaching on this. I'm going to get back to the message here in a moment. But let's just consider these words. Uh, What communion has light with darkness? Here's our word koinonia, which we talked about last week, which is partnership. So, so far, you have a yoke. You have this interplay of commerce and interaction uh, with other vision. It's not just being gracious to people it's exchanging and intermingling visions and that's you can study this and meditate on this for yourself you're pneumatic people god will share things with you but here's a partnership with light and between light and darkness that's interesting too you say well i don't know how these things can be they're all going on right now and they're all intent on drawing you off here's another one again there's seven of these what concord has Christ with Belial? Belial, remember when we studied this and wrote about it, is the Antichrist spirit. The same, the same restrictions that are put on Belial in the Old Testament are almost verbatim repeated about the Antichrist in the New Testament. And concord is symphoneo. <laughs> it's interesting. Only the spirit could use seven different words here. Very good very uniquely chosen to describe different variables of the enemy pursuit. What part, this is interesting too, hath the believer with an infidel? Somebody that not only isn't walking in faith, but is doing everything they can to disrupt and dismantle the objective of faith. And part here is meris, which means Something that you have specifically been called to do. So this is going against what your assignment is. You know, it's, it's interesting. There, there are variations in how these apply, but they're very specific terms. And they talk about very specific strategies of the enemy. I think it's just so interesting because, you know, like Concord, Koinonia, the the partnership with Christ, you're to be a joint heir with Christ. You're supposed to be Christ-like, which is a son who's anointed by the Father to fulfill something that is his mission for you, and that's your partnership, but don't go off and partner even, even a little bit with somebody that is totally against that i mean it's just interesting to me this is a demonic spirit this belial antichrist business and you know but yet sometimes christians can just be duped and they're just dancing right along with it i don't understand it i mean there should be some red lines there should be there should be that goes off in you if you get anywhere near partnering with the enemy but some people just disconnect that alarm system and think well you know i can step over into this because i like this person here they they're a person of influence you know they can help my career i like the way they smile i might have a future with this person or whatever you think it's amazing to me the things i've heard amazing to me It's just, these demonic strategies are so pervasive. And what's at stake? Your very soul is what's at stake. I mean, this is nothing to play around with. This isn't, well, you know what, I could just, if I don't, if I'm not a saint, that's okay. I'm still going to heaven. You know, the Bible says nobody can pluck you out of your hand, out of his hand. It doesn't mean you can't jump out. It doesn't mean you can't go to the end of the finger and do a deep dive into some other nonsense you don't need to belong in you know the once saved always saved us folks here we never believed in that we do believe in the grace of the lord but man i tell you god will go as far as he possibly can to guarantee your place in him but once somebody goes over into the demonic willingly your you, your case has now gone into a different court and it's not as easy to get out of that as i'm sorry it's not as easy to get out of that i mean when you read things like uh, like other epistles write about like in the hebrews in hebrews you know you uh, it's impossible that all those impossibles you know some people like to just erase that out of the scripture but those who tasted the, the things of the world to come, the power of what's there, going into the deeper things of the Spirit, if they turn away, how do you justify that? You just rip that out or you, when you get to that page, you just and go on to some other great thing about coming boldly before the throne of grace. There are warnings in Scripture. And you really ought to read them sometimes especially in these days. I'm not trying to scare anybody. I'm not preaching some off-the-wall doctrine, but this stuff is is pertinent for every moment of our lives today. The enemy has ratcheted up. He's got a hold of all the media just about. Uh, He's got a hold of as many people in politics as he can get, and they're just making decisions that in some ways are just, oh, I'm stunned. I, 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 I. You know, there's so many illustrations of that. You just hear it and you think, what is this? You know, you heard about this little girl in in Ohio that was uh, in in uh, in the the girls' locker room, and in comes this guy, 15-year-old, who is associating himself as a transgender student, but. He still has all the parts that all the boys have. And he's walking through. Well, this girl's scandalized as she should have been. All the girls in that room should have been. So she, she goes to the principal in some way and says, you know what, this made me very uncomfortable. Well, they suspended her from school because she wasn't, she wasn't as caring and loving as she should have been. So then her dad helps her cause and he was a coach at the school, and they, they got rid of him. Now, who would think of such a thing? But that's everywhere today. So they, they brought a lawsuit. It's in play right now. To say, look, and then the school started backstepping quicker than, a, you know, the a country hoedown. But these things are everywhere. That's just one thing. I'm not hard. I, I could give you dozens of them, and you've got to be aware. You've got to stand for what purity is, but those kinds of things are active. It's the, the, the deconstructing of morality and society as we've known it. And if you say that, then you are any number of things, bigots, racists, misogynists, any kind of other ist you can think of. This is all part of the demonic strategy. And anybody that stands for what the word says, you're not beating somebody over the head with it. But if you just believe otherwise, you're in the crosshairs. And these things are what we're dealing with. And it's all setting the stage for the time when you can read, you know, somebody that's preaching righteousness on the street corner. When that person dies, the whole world is celebrating. They're giving gifts to each other. How can that be? I always wondered that. Well, I can see it now. You know, I I can see it now. Because what we believe is a threat to the enemy. And he's trying to depict you as being some kind of a homegrown kook. I'm choosing my words there. I didn't choose them very well. But Paul is listing these things. And let's let's keep looking. I'll finish this. This was was not the message at all. <laughs> Forgive me. Um, so then what's the next word? Um, what agreement, what agreement hath the temple of God? I mean, that's just the dwelling place, the, the, the point where you are communing with God, where you're giving yourself to Him. That now is not necessarily a structure. It's a place where you are communing with God, with demons that people commune with. An agreement there is katatetheme, which means what has God given you to do in this place? Remember all our studies about the tatheme, that you, you sowing your ordination and your, your application in the place God is calling you. And how that corresponds with the thesaurus in heaven, the treasure place in heaven. And there's the battle. Are you going to commune with God and fulfill what he's called you to be? Or are you going to fulfill what these demons are saying should be happening in this place? And that is your, your tetheme activity. So what all those be knots, and then this bee, um, which is kind of a be knot Wherefore, come out from among them and be ye separate, says the Lord. Don't touch the unclean thing, and you're going to be in commune with me, and I'll be a father to you, and you'll be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. What is this be separate? You look at it, you'll see that it's a derivative of horizon. Stay focused on where grace is leading you keep that ever before you because that's the mandate from the throne and don't let any other thing detract you from that setting on your compass of faith <laughs> so i just think it's phenomenal that for these seven facets which leads you to being a son and a daughter from the father um Every one of those is a different spiritual dynamic that the enemy has established, a different identity, and a different command variable, different words. Only the Spirit of God could do that. It's a sevenfold thing, and it does align with the seven spirits. It does align. On the one end, you've got, what are you plowing? On the other end, you've got, what is your horizon? So either way it's got that and it just works perfectly. So I encourage you to study that. But then it goes right into this next verse that we read. Having therefore these promises these things we just talked about. Dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from anything that would render us inoperative either some thing in the flesh or something in the Spirit, whether you've dabbled in something you shouldn't have been or whether you've just been impacted by it. You know, it's, it's interesting, and we're, we're going to go to Psalm 51 here in just a minute, Area 51. Um, we're going to go there and talk a little bit about, further about the Spirit and perhaps the most well-thought and dynamic of any of the verses in the Old Testament that speak about what we do with our spirit before God. But, you know, it's just, it's just fascinating to me. Sometimes I, you know, I was thinking about the different uh, depictions of the spirit. And I'm not going to talk about all of them. Like I could talk about the dove, but I don't really think having the dove inside you is, is really germane. To what we're talking about but you know you have wind okay the breath the ruach the, the pneuma and um, you know one of the things i love to do here is when we get cooler weather and the wind is blowing really well uh, i would like to open those doors leading out to abram's road and open this door and let the wind just blow through here i just love doing that of course you got to watch now because there's so many there's so many vagrants out and about that you just never know whether somebody's gonna sneak in one of those open doors. So you have to have your head on a swivel watching. But I love to see that and it blows these flags, sometimes the one of them falls down and I think, okay, was there something prophetic in that or is just the tack isn't really affixed real well. But it, it just the wind to blow. Sometimes uh, at your house, if you've got something that that's been an aroma in there, maybe you cook something and you think we got to air this place out, or if maybe if you started the fireplace and somehow the weather outside wasn't conducive to really suck the smoke out—that happens at our house—you want to open up the windows and the doors and let let it blow. You know, if you're talking about the wind of the spirit, and you're talking about these spiritual influences. We understand what it means in the natural to air out a place still the same air it's your house it's your body but i don't want any tinge of any aroma that i walked through or or maybe the enemy's come against me and 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 it wants to make yea he stinketh i mean let let the spirit cleanse you what about water the water of the spirit you know the, spirit, the scriptures talk about the you know us being uh, washed with the water of the word the water is a symbol of the spirit i would get the word in me you know that that sounds like 101 stuff but i was talking to somebody over the past couple of weeks and i said look how did jesus deal with the enemy the enemy was coming with scripture the enemy was coming with a demonic anointing the enemy was out in his terrain or what he thinks is his terrain in the wilderness the enemy was out in a really challenging uh, dynamic where all of us who are friends of the bridegroom our battle is in that wilderness to welcome and to prepare the way of the Lord how did Jesus deal with the enemy with all those evil suggestions all those ways the enemy was weighing on physical weaknesses that the Lord had willingly accepted in fasting Well, it was with scripture use it use it well let the water of the word wash out those enemy suggestions Get the Word in you. Let it do its work. That's the water of the Spirit. But it's also the Word because the Living Word wrote this. The Spirit of God inspired. It's inspired. It's inerrant. We've studied those way back in Sunday school. So you also have the oil. You know, I was thinking about uh, the, the, the different ways that oil within us, not just on our noggins or poured on our heads. The oil within, the oil of the Spirit. And I was thinking about the, the, uh, the Ten Virgins, that parable. Not really a parable. It's really a modern day headline where five wanted to keep going with the mysteries of God and following after what god has promised and five got weary and they determined they weren't going to follow the mist the Mysterion anymore look it up the moros foolish moros and they started doubting the promise of the lord and really doubted what god was saying about his timing got a lot of that going on today and remember what happened they the, the main ending of the story is that you got to keep your oil level right not just the level, but the quality of the oil. And you got to keep your wicks trimmed. And that, that goes with, with what we're going to look at next in Psalm 51. But particularly with the oil, uh, I was looking about how lamps burned oil. And basically, if you don't subject the oil that you have to freezing or um, some kind of higher temperature, that oil pretty much will, will last but they said it's a good idea for you to change change your oil regularly and make sure that there's no kind of you know fallen wick or any kind of dirt or anything that gets in there cuz that will compromise your ability to flow uh, and burn properly so it's not just you know I'm, I'm out of oil give me some of yours hey hey napoli give me some of your thoughts you know it, it that oil you don't want to you know, you didn't want to just say, I'm a little low on oil. Better better go down there and get me some 10W40. Um, but it's, it's also the purity of the oil and making sure that you keep, don't let it get rancid. And that's, that's true. And, of course, why don't you go buy from your purveyors? And that's what the, the wise ones said. I'm not giving you any of my oil. I can't give you my oil. I wouldn't anyway, but I can't. That's up to you. If I gave you some of my oil, it would probably just be as filthy as what you got in there. So it's, it's an issue if the oil of the Spirit is within you, and you know, give me oil in my lamp, keep me burning, burning, burning. You know, it, it, that old song that we used to sing in CAs. But, you know, the thing is, um, we, we've got we've to not only recognize that we Where does that oil come from? It's commune with the spirit of god it's not just here in the latest teachings everywhere it and, and and you've got to keep that pure and you've got to watch over the temperature of it and you you're responsible for the quality of that oil and that's within you it's it's the oil of the spirit so if we're talking about filthiness of spirit that's a factor too if you've forgotten the word or you jettison it at the first time of trouble you you know that's spirit if if you if you need to be praying in tongues and communing with god and the breath of god blowing with you that's spirit and if you by some chance are not doing that then maybe there's a bit of filthiness that could have permeated you and that's going to restrict how you flow with the lord does that make sense i'm speaking to myself here as well question is am i listening um so, let's go to Psalm 51 and read this well-known passage. And I won't take as long with this. Um, but we'll also talk about the wick here, too. Oh, it's Mr. Wick. That's what the twins used to call Rick, Mr. Wick. Wick. Oh, it's Wick. Um, Psalm 51, 10. Now, we know the backdrop of this. You know, Nathan came and talked to David, Bathsheba, nah, nah, nah. Well, you don't have to be looking at a woman bathing on a roof to have this apply to you. I mean, some people just read the disclaimer at the beginning. Of the, oh, that doesn't apply to me. Well, it, apply, it applies to all of us because David is talking about the mechanism of what's going on inside him. And it goes right along with the filthiness of flesh and spirit. So, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Let's talk about those. Renew a right spirit within me. What does that mean? Well, create here is a familiar word to us. It's the same word that was used when God created, in the beginning, God created heaven and earth. And it means to have, a, have a, um, an intent and it, it has to do with the shaping that God uh, formed. It has to do with how he has built up and, and, uh, and uh, wanted things to be in regard to what his intent is. It's an artistic kind of a thing. So David says, create in me a clean heart. And again, clean here, this is very familiar to what we just read, is ceremonial, ceremonially clean. This word clean here means, can you function in the temple or the tabernacle? I think that's interesting. So he's asking for his heart, which is the steering wheel of your life. It's where, by the contribution of the mind, the emotions, your, your physical desires and you say, okay, I'm going to bring all these into submission, and this is the way I'm going. This is where I have set sail for. So, well, that should be toward God, and that should be in accordance with what He created me to be. That's what He's formed me to be and what He wants to accomplish. So let me have no hindrance in my heart so that I can fulfill what you want. That's what created me a clean heart is. It's not, well, you know what? This old, this old heart of mine, get it out of here. Give me a new one. You know, I want to change I want to exchange this heart for another one. Your heart is what it is. It's either serving God or it's not. Create is aligning with what God made you to be, what he intended from before the foundation of the world, but definitely at the foundation of this world and you want to be have nothing that would hinder your ability to represent him that's what david is saying there in create in me a clean heart oh Elohim, and renew a right spirit within me renew is to repair to augment to reconfigure what has gone awry to put things back in order and a right spirit this is not our word for righteousness this is a word that means to be at attention to be uh, a, an upstanding individual erect before god and that to me talks about what a wick would be to me i mean i, I don't I, sometimes when i get up in the morning i'm telling way too much you know i try when i get up really early in the morning and i have to go and shower try not to turn any lights on because I don't want to wake somebody else up that's anywhere near trying to sleep that wouldn't be good then I'd have a whole new kind of cleansing Um, so I've got this candle in there that I burn by the shower in the window it's really nice it's really quaint you know so I light this thing up and and I've noticed that if somehow that wick droops over into the wax it didn't light very well and so i'm in there in the dark i'd sometimes grab the candle and i go across the house to the kitchen and then i dig that wick out and make it stand up straight so it can catch the fire a droopy wick that would have been a good sermon mark you could write a book overcoming a droopy wick and you know <laughs> but you gotta you gotta be upright you know, if you want to make your wicks trimmed and ready, and part of that wick business is, of course, if something's burned and it, it's not really willing to catch a new fire, you've got to snip that off, too. you got to, as Barney would say, nip it, nip it, nip it in the bud. I think that was also in the book of Hezekiah. But, you know, you want to snip that off. Any yesterday's burning, and you want to make sure that it's standing upright before God. So you're saying that you want your spirit within this is the scripture now, renew a right spirit within me. It's talking about your spirit being sensitive and not relying on yesterday's burning and not drooping over because you just give out. You know, you always want to be aligned. This is what David is saying. He's really revealing what it is that it means to be partnering with God. He's talking about the heart and the spirit. Restore unto me the joy of your salvation. Restore there is shub, and that's repentance. That's the Old Testament metanoia. I never metanoia. I didn't like. Um, So you've got um, restore the joy of deliverance, that partnering with God to bring that fervor, that passion to accomplish God's task. Turn me back to that. Have I gotten off course? Am I veering off into the gutter over here? Am, am I looking back or am I looking down? Am I looking at the waves? No. Get those blinders on and look to the joy. Restore it. And this is not what I know about these words, and you should too, that God can only give you the impetus to this, but He's not going to make you go the right way. you got to do it. But if you've got your heart right, you've got your spirit upright, then you're back on track to accomplish what the joy of the Lord, which is your strength, is before you. And then look at this one uphold me with your free spirit. Free here is abundant, no lack, overwhelming in its influence. And what's uphold mean? Secure me, give me. A confident footing bear me up so that I can lean upon you when your spirit is moving you mean this is so important because this is the 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 onus of this uh, progression before you teach transgressors and sinners being converted and you're doing warfare against blood guiltiness and you know all these other powerful things that are coming When God begins to move, when you've done all these other things and God begins to move, you want to be secure in Him. A lot of times when the anointing comes, we've talked about this, it floats all boats. And so many times we saw, didn't we, over the years, that when God's Spirit began to move, all of a sudden, all those iniquities that people haven't dealt with, and they start to creep up, and they, you know, I feel things I've never felt before, but I sure am jealous of that person over there. Oh, I feel the presence of the Lord. If I know anything, this is God. But boy, it just makes me angry what they did. Didn't we see that? Of course we did. And so if we get these other things right, then when God begins to move, it's like the table of the Lord. Why was the sop of bitterness there? God's given you his word, your place in him, commune with him, the sprinkling of the blood. Wow, why is that bowl of bitter stuff there in the middle because god doesn't want you mucking it up you know the enemy can't defeat his word and the sprinkling of the blood but your iniquities within sure can and if you give place if the anointing comes upon you and you're in the field of battle where's the enemy going to go first and i think that's a lesson for us as well when we've got to cleanse ourselves before the lord in flesh and spirit Boy, you know, the the anointing that touches our purpose is so mighty. But the twisted purpose that hasn't been submitted to God or hasn't come online yet, that can be worse than a legion of unclean spirits. And, you know, you see that. What's the thing in your life that's vulnerable? The unfulfilled promise. Your biological clock. Your desire to purge loneliness from your life and find that man or that woman who would bring fulfillment to you. Any of those weaknesses? I'm not happy with my job. I need more money. Is that a weakness? <laughs> the enemy knows this. I'm not giving him too much credit, but if I know it, you can be darn sure the enemy knows it. You've got to get that girded up because that's right where those arrows are going to fly. You know, and it doesn't mean that you have to be Superman or Superwoman or Captain Marvel or whatever you are. Hello, Levi. Am I doing okay, buddy? Um, He's watching Papa. Yeah, he's even waving. You know, that's that's the challenge. Because, you know, I, I could give illustrations of this. Again, it's memoir time nobody in here but i can tell you from first-hand testimony that principalities are active in trying to recruit the very elect and they go right for the area that is not submitted to god some unfulfilled thing there are other areas where um on a lower level but it's same demonic core where people are being offered things and other parts of weakness are there these these are happening in, in the recruitment of what I think would be the enemy's version of the Saints it's happening I'm not making this up I can give you well I won't but I can give you personal illustrations that this is happening and there are there are whole structures of training, um, and they 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 don't say it's the demonic. They say it's the spirit realm. You know, it's the same old Richard Rohr stuff that we talked about, where God is everywhere. He's in every one of these religions. It's the cosmic Christ. Well, the demonic comes and says, you know, we're we we're either um, we've either been. Um, You know, your opinion of who God is is really wrong. He's just a tyrant. He booted us out. We're God's too. It's either that or, you know, we really are the angels of the Lord. I was talking to someone the other day about a young lady who's being trained in the study of angels, which is Demonism 101. And she was told that this big being by her was Gabriel. Gabriel. And I thought, so I remember uh, Senator Benson. I know Gabriel, and you're not him. <laughs> uh, remember that from the Dan Quayle? Some of you, some of you kids are too young to remember uh, when they were debating the vice presidential debate many years ago. Um, th- the enemy is active, and she's tr- trying to train people in how to move in the spirit realm. And, and it, to some, they're saying they're really God. I don't see how these people could think they're God, but it's godly, but what do what people know? They're, they just, sometimes they're just dummies. Um, so the point is, is that we're dealing with these things. And the main thing that I felt this morning was this business about as the enemy is so active in the demonic realm, we need to not be afraid of it, but we need to regularly go before the Lord and ask that if there's anything that has permeated our spirit or anything that has caused the spirit of the Lord within to be hindered, that let it be cleansed. And again, I would not not dwell in fear or some kind of angst but just know that it's a factor that the Scripture says we should be, be functioning in. Well, our, 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 our spirit should be cleansed, functional. Our spirit should be renewed, brought back into alignment, and made to stand clearly for the fire of the Lord to burn upon. There are influence that are trying to, To remove that. So whether it's either by your circumstances, you know, take a good look in your life. Are there things that are keeping you back from that? You know, it might not just be, we might say, Well, you just don't know what my life's like. Honestly, in this discussion, it's not a matter of what your life's like, it's a matter of what influence that's created in your atmosphere, in your house, and in your life and you have a responsibility to take care of it it doesn't necessarily mean that those circumstances are going to go away right now but if you stink because of it open up the window and let the spirit blow through and make sure that wick of yours is aligned and let the light of the lord be there that may be your salvation in the midst of that scenario but you can't expect god to do that for you you have a responsibility to cleanse i remember many years ago this is a funny story it's kind of sad but it's kind of funny there was an old guy that was in this church he's been dead for years and he doesn't care anymore so i'll just tell it so the senior adult ladies come up to me as they so often did and they told me pastor i won't imitate him can you talk to and they named the guy because he just stinks Oh, you do he did i got around him he stunk that's not mocking him that's just declaring it so i said okay i'll i'll try to deal with it so i did what any pastor would do i went to brother white and i said <laughs> i almost went to your dad but i thought no that would be too that would be i'd have to watch that one so put this guy needed to get his clothes cleaned so we helped him with that and brother white took him down to revco and bought him some things to make sure he was cleaning you know you'd think that people would just think that but this guy i don't know why he wasn't thinking it but you know we learned a long time ago well, I remember when I was a kid. You know, remember when you didn't want to, no, some of you girls probably not. You probably had 50 candles around the bathtub and you look forward to your bath bombs and stuff. But most boys don't like to, to take baths and shower and stuff. You know, young boys. But when they get interested in girls and they recognize that because I'm not showering, I stink, then suddenly, you know, you, you could try to, to evade getting cleansed and use high karate or some other kind of now they've got that axe spray you know they they, you see these guys you know the point is if you take a shower every now and then you may not need that axe spray Sondra this message has gone wheels off ever since Hezekiah was invoked earlier I've just been downhill well we understand the need to be clean. I mean, if if in the natural, we have a need to be we're we're going through a lot of dirty spiritual influences, wicked things. And there are smells in the spirit realm. I'm going way off now. Remember when we used to encounter early on what we knew was the Beelzebub influence? And sometimes you'd walk through here. There wouldn't be anybody around. You'd smell just the most foul thing and i said lord what is that is there a rat that's dead up in there you know here i am as the pastor i'm thinking well i've smelled that before not this stuff and the lord said it's, it's beelzebub that's what he that's what he emits in the spirit realm some of you felt it I And mean, then i even got ken mcclure gave me a can of spray that he made this label on beelzebub spray i've got it in my office almost if i know i would have laid it right here um, but there are aromas in the spirit realm. Do you ever wonder why our prayers as the saints are as incense? Do you ever wonder why incense d- depicts the four d- dimensions of prayer, why it's a pleasing aroma in the in the nostrils of God? Do you ever wonder about that? So this this business of what can pollute your spirit, just by being in the midst of it. It doesn't mean you're evil. It doesn't mean you're demonized. You know, people don't want a stinky person in the house of God. (laughs) The old ladies will get after you for that. Why the men didn't do it, I don't know. But it was the ladies that came to me. In the spirit realm, these influences can affect you Cleanse yourself. Use the blood of Jesus. Use the water of the Word. Use the fellowship with God where His fresh winds are blowing. And recognize that you're in the world but not of the world. These are spiritual influences. Renew a right spirit within me. I, I never really would have thought to link this, the, the ten virgins and Psalm 51 and 2nd Corinthians 7 but it's it's all the same dynamic in the spirit so how about all of us where are we we have got to answer that before the Lord so that why so that we can function before him clean hands pure heart there are lots of other verses renewing the mind that's important too it's vital keeping your emotions in check that's vital but this business of the spirit whew, we've got to be we've got to recognize that there is a spiritual war regardless of what the bbc says and it is it is every day in this nation especially these next 2 days with all the lies and the strife and the wicked uh, the wicked influences every evil work I'd go before the Lord every day, even at night, and say, Lord, search me. Try my way. See if there's any wicked way in me. Purge me. Cleanse me. I want to be right before you. I don't want anything holding me back. I want to be functioning on all cylinders. And that's just common sense. That's just spiritual sense. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity. Cleanse me from my sins. That's Psalm 51, too. So as this service ends, I'm going to pray over you. But I would invite you before you leave to go back to the youth room, just wander back there and just pray that God would cause his spirit to be so vibrant in that place that when the election judge and her crew come tomorrow to begin to set up things that they would feel the presence of the Lord and that as people come in here regardless of what um, what their personal predilections are or which side and which team they're on uh, spiritually or otherwise that the spirit of the Lord would encounter them and that they would encounter the Spirit of the Lord. And, and um, let, the, let the Spirit be moving so powerfully through this place that they would be overwhelmed. I'm almost done. I remember one of the visions, many of the visions that we received for what God was going to be doing in the, the great move of the Spirit that is marking the days that are immediately ahead, Would be that entire neighborhoods would encounter the presence of God and not really know what to do with it. Be searching for answers. Let that begin here. Let that begin with the hundreds of people that are going to come in here to vote one way or the other on Tuesday. This is God's house. This is his esteme. We at the cross of Christ, he bought and paid for this thing. You've been made as ministers in that. So let's cleanse ourselves through the power of the Lord in our flesh and in our spirit. And then let's go and minister that and welcome that. It's exciting. I'm grateful for this. Father, this rambling sermon on this time change day, I, I joined with my brothers and sisters, and we would ask, first of all, for our own lives, if there's anything in our flesh or anything in our spirit, anything in any other part of our capacities that would be that would be not what would be acceptable to you. May we be cleansed now by the power of your spirit, by the power of your word, by the power of your blood, by the water of your washing, by the wind, by the oil. Let us be absolutely fit for duty before you. Cleanse us. And if in any way we partnered with A droopy wick or any other thing that I joked about. Forgive us of that and let us be right. And as we go and minister on behalf of this dwelling place of your spirit, may your presence be an overwhelming inhabitant of this house. This is your house. We call this by your directive, the Father's Church. Let it Let your spirit be so strong in that youth room that when these people come in, they'll just (laughs) be pressed to receive. We're excited about that. We love you, Father. Use these people. Keep these people pure. Keep these people on the front lines of what you want. And let us fulfill everything you created us to be, that we would be cleansed physically, physically, Mentally, spiritually. We thank you for it, Father, for we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Well, thanks so much. I know it's late today. It's one. What time is it? It's one forty? That can't be right. Is it really one forty? What's twelve forty? Well, that one donut. I'm gonna get back there real quick. All right. Before you go, go back there. Okay. God bless you all. Thank you.